0: All right. Well, last week we talked about the we talked about Israel and how how it's not how how we're going to be looking at Israel as a picture of the church and that's not because um as i was saying last time not because god used to be interested in natural jews and now he's interested in christians or that whole idea of um that christians a lot of times get upset about what what they they call replacement theology it's not that one people has replaced another it's that god has always had one thing in his mind and that is christ and the and the the fullness of Christ and a body joined to Christ, and He first painted pictures of that reality in um, in types and shadows and natural pictures, and then He fulfilled it in spirit and truth. But it's always been; it's not; it's never been about one people and then it was another people. It's always been about one view of Christ, and that view first demonstrated and then fulfilled. And so we we're talking about that today, and I and I don't usually. Um, um, say things that I think are—I mean—I I try to, avoid, if I can, I try to avoid things that I, I know are are kind of like uh, emotionally charged subjects, if I can, and, and that's just one I can't avoid because the entire to avoid saying that very clearly—that Israel is the body of Christ in the old covenant, it is the church, it is the assembly of God. There's only ever been one. There's never been two in God's mind. If I avoid saying that really clearly, then. Then we have to just avoid talking about the Old Testament because that's what the Old Testament is. Understanding that Israel is my son, even my firstborn, God says in uh, Exodus four twenty-two. That understanding is, in my opinion, uh, the key to unlocking what Exodus is about, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I mean, the whole Old Testament. If you if you don't understand that God is dealing with a corporate view a corporate body of Christ, then I don't then, then there's nothing. I mean then you're lost. Then it's just a bunch of random rules and laws and ceremonies and kingdoms and kings and and, vic, and, and victories and losses. And the whole thing is completely just a bunch of uh, random uh, unconnected stories. But if you understand that God created, and this is what we're going to talk about today, God created out of one seed the increase of that seed, a corporate body of that seed, a living, uh, a living harvest of one seed. And then he started to relate to that, that increase as the body of the, of, the, of the source, the body of Christ, the body of, of the life that went into the ground and came forth. And then everything about his relationship with Israel, all of the laws are the—they're the definitions of the relationship. They're not just a bunch of do's and don'ts and rights and wrongs. They're the boundaries of that relationship. They're the ways that God uh, sees and relates to that corporate being, that corporate body. That's what the laws are. And then you understand that all the the, the aspects of the priesthood; those are the ways that that. God is receiving something from this body and the body is receiving something from God. That's the way that the relationship is working. It's 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 going two ways. And and God is receiving from them something and, and they are receiving from God something and that's what the priesthood is all about. It's not just a bunch of, you know, God likes bloody sacrifices or you got to wave something in front of God or he'll strike you dead or, you know, look out for the leprosy. He might kick you out of the camp. But all that stuff... All that stuff is 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 about God's relating with His own Son in resurrection. That's what it is. It's all, and then you get into the kingdom and and all the victories and, and or the losses and increases or decreases. All of that has to do with uh, with Israel, my son. The whole thing, and and I and that's why I just can't say it strongly enough. Uh, you miss if you miss the fact. That Israel is my son, even my firstborn, then I think you miss everything. I think you're going to have to have, redefine Israel, redefine the laws, redefine the priesthood, redefine the kingdom, redefine everything according to something that's not related to God's son. And you're going to apply it to natural man, you're going to apply it to time and events and all kinds. You might get excited about some theology or whatever, but it's going to have nothing to do with what I think God put it in the scripture for. All these things. These are the all things that are gathered up into Christ that Paul speaks of. These are, the, 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 these are the, the, the fragments, the fragments that are that are all gathered together into this one person. And now are spiritual realities for us in him. So, um, yeah. So as we look at, we're going to start looking at, um, like this, this, this section of what I'm going to talk about probably this week, and I don't know, maybe a couple more weeks. I'm not sure, but it's going to have to do with the the birth or the creation of the church, uh, or you could say the creation of, of Israel. And and there's as far as I can see right now, there are three. Um, Major pictures that I'm going to be referring to as I talk about the church. I'm going to be kind of going in and out of referring to these three major pictures of um, of Israel's birth in the Old Testament. And one, you have um, what we've been talking about recently in the Types and Shadows class: Jacob coming out from his father, coming out from Bethel, the house of God, going into this hostile land, which is the land of. In this case, it's the land of Laban. Uh, Laban's territory, and and he he wrestles against Laban, he wrestles against man, and he wrestles against God, and he comes out with an increase, he comes out with a a bride, he comes out with sons, he comes out with with a, a flock, all these pictures of what the body of Christ is, he comes out with this great increase, and it's when he comes out... After having wrestled with man, after having wrestled with God, he comes out, and God puts a new name on him, and God says, "No longer shall you be called Jacob; you shall be called Israel." And so, so what is Israel but this, but this newly created camp that comes out from a hostile environment? And this camp consists of a bride. This camp, camp consists of sons. This camp consists of of of, of a. A her a flock I don't know a, a shepherd with with a with a, a great flock and um, and that's our first picture of Israel that's the first time God uses the word Israel in Scripture and he and 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 it's not just a you know it's not just a name change you know I mean this all this stuff is so significant in Scripture it's not just um, I don't know it, it, I, I just have read so, so so many things over the years. Israel is always the same thing in God's mind. It is always this corporate increase of Christ. That's what the church is. That's what we are. That's what we're meant to be. It's always this, this way that God gathered into his son and then formed in them, his son, this this increase, this glory. It's, it's Israel, my glory. I read some of these verses last week in in Isaiah. God calls Israel, Israel, my glory, and so that's the first. That's the first picture that we're going to be referring to from from time to time as I go through, um, as I go through the, the the birth of the church or the creation of the church. The second one, the second picture of Israel is this picture. It's, it's a very short little thing, but well, parts of it are longer. It's and and you, you got to kind of you got to kind of stand back i think a little bit and cuz some of these stories overlap but um and they overlap because god's doing them in time so well like like for instance this next one joseph jo- we see joseph going into egypt and and joseph is is um he sold by his brothers by his brothers and then thrown into a pit that's clearly uh, uh, a picture of, of Christ, rejection by his own brethren, and thrown into the earth. You know, crucified. He, the, the, his, cult of, cult, his coat of many colors is brought back to the Father. The Father recognizes the blood and says, "My Son is dead." And, and then further on down the story, Joseph is thrown into prison. I think another picture of his death, or he goes down, and then he has the, the There's the dreams with the blood and the cup, and I mean the, the, the cup and the bread and all that. And and then you know then there's this other picture where Joseph rises is, is raised up to the right hand of Pharaoh, and you see him um, being the savior of the whole land, and the and the the one who buys buys Israel with bread for Pharaoh. He gives bread to the people, and that that's but but it, kind of in the midst of, of that whole story, there's another story that involves Joseph, where he goes into he goes into Egypt and he dies there and before he dies he says don't leave my bones here take my bones when you leave this land take my bones out and then and then and then you never hear anything about that for for a long time and and you know for 400 years and then all of a sudden when moses is leading this huge company out of israel that have all gone into the door and, and, and come out in the morning and they're all marching out of Egypt in the morning. it just throws in there that Moses took up the bones of Joseph in the midst of the people when he came out with Joseph's bones in the midst. And so you have this picture of you have this picture of this one dying seed that comes into Egypt and when you see him come out of Egypt, it's a huge company, that, he and, he and he's in the midst of that company. It's it's, it's like a it's, it's a one seed goes in and one form and, and the and the, the form that comes out is this is this multiplied enormous, um, greater form, greater expression, and Joseph comes out as a corporate body of Israel, my son. The third one is the one that we talk about more than any other and that's just the, the one, uh, Exodus 12 primarily and 13 where, where God tells them to paint the blood on their door and to, to go in to that death, to go through the door, eat the dead lamb and stay in their houses until the new day. And then they um, they, uh, they all come out as one new man. Good morning. So, <clears throat> Okay. So those are the three, and there's others, but these are the three, I think, these are the stories that have the word Israel tied to them. These, are, I think, are, are, are um, as far as I'm seeing right now, which I, I, I admit freely is not very far, but these are three stories that I think where, where God, was, as, he was, as he was doing these stories in natural history and recording these stories in a, in, in a book for us, was, I think, writing down something of his view of where the church comes from. What's its origin? What's its nature? How did he create it? What, what is it what, what, what is it in his view? That's what the Old Testament is. It's a testimony. It's, it's God's testimony of his view of, of spiritual life as it is in Christ, or spiritual reality as it is in Christ. So the, these are... These are three really important pictures, and I'm just going to be kind of dipping in and out of them as as I as I talk about the church. Um, so here here's a question uh, that well here, here's a question that I, I wish I seriously wish that we could all just say in our hearts, everyone that's listening to this right now or in the future online or whatever, I wish that you would just say in your heart. When I ask this question, I have no idea. <laughs> because that's, that's the best response. And the question is, what is the church? What is the church? Now, the reason I say that is because immediately we begin to answer that question with a million ideas and experiences and definitions and bad experiences of, the, of what we've thought the church was or good experiences of what we thought the church was and, and it, all, it all comes into our mind and, 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 and so before we even have time to look at this question if not all of that word most of that word is already cram filled with ideas and definitions and experiences and good and bad idea whatever. it's just so full of, of junk and even if you say, no, 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 it's not junk, I love the church, it's still junk. If it's your ideas about the church, whether you love it or not, I mean, it's junk. It's just man's ideas. It's man's view. And you're, some of them might say, no, no, I've actually seen some of the church in the light. Well, then you would never answer the question, I already know. You know no matter what you've seen of the church or haven't seen, the way to present your heart before the Lord and a way to learn is 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 always this. I love it when whenever the Lord speaks to the prophets, maybe not every time, but it seems like almost every time he at, when he sees like what Zechariah or, or, or Ezekiel and, and and he shows them a vision of something and he says, "What do you see?" and and a lot of times the prophets say, "You know, Lord." you know or like what what's going on here or can these bones live you know lord you know like what do you see here you know lord you know and and they say especially ezekiel uh it's like his way of saying i'm a little bit nervous to try to answer that question why don't you tell me you know what what is this that you're looking at i think it's like a fig tree but you know lord you know and and that's that's really the 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 posture i think of heart that can that can let the Lord deal with them. So, what is? I mean, I'm going to have to try to use words here and try to define the church and, and whatever. But I, I just, uh, I, I just know that both with me and with all of you, the Lord has to be the one who brings uh, definition and substance to, to these words. If I were to define the word the, the church in a few words, I'd say that the church is. And this might sound a little strong, but I want it to. The church is the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. The church is the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying that that, that, that we are Christ in, in substance or in source. And in fact, even, even having to say that there's wrong understanding involved because as soon as I say the church, people start thinking we. You know if you're not if you're not thinking, and I think no one here is, if you're not thinking a building, which I think we us have let that idea go, or never maybe never had it. Although it's been a very common idea, it still is a common idea uh, that the church is a building or, or a collection of buildings. <clears throat> if if you don't go there, a lot of times people just immediately think well we're the church, and therefore when I say the church is the resurrected body of christ people want to say no i'm not i'm not the resurrected body of jesus christ and and and, and they're, they're, you're giving something away here you're exposing yourself you're showing your hand uh, you think that you think that you define the church and so if I say the church is the resurrected body of Jesus, it, it sounds like, wait, wait, I don't want to go that far because I don't think I'm that. Well, you're not the definition of the church. Now, you're involved in the church, you're included in the church, and in a sense you could say that we... There's a sense in which it's true to say that we are the church, but it's certainly not defined by you or what you bring into it. It's defined by Him and what He works in you and what He makes you, what He what He has made unto you. So we're not the substance of the church Christ is and and and, and, Christ, and the church is is the resurrected body of Christ. now see I could cut off my finger and I could put it on the table here and I and and I, but, I, but I couldn't say that even though that's my finger I couldn't say that's Jason I could I could say it's Jason if it's on me. You know what I mean? If it's living by my life, it's connected to me and if it's part if it if it's doing nothing but expressing my life, I could point to my finger and say that's Jason. But I couldn't cut off my finger, put it over there and say, oh, Jason's over there and he's over here." You know? Because my life defines my body. My body does not define my life. My life defines my body. And that's what I'm trying to say about the church. The church is something that God created through. To create it, he used something that he always had and always knew, which was the life of Christ. It's It's the same way he created Eve. How did he create Eve? He created her out of the life of something that already was there. He created her using life a life that he had already created. Well, in the case of Christ, he didn't create it. It's uncreated. But in the case of Adam, there was already a life he took from that life, he formed a body for that life, the rib in this case, and then gave it back to the source. That's what the church is. The church is something that God created using a life that he had always known. And yet, he gave that life a new form. A form that was specifically created for the increase and the glory of the, the source of life, who, who is Christ himself. you see? And so, I, I wrote down here, the church is something that God created through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. In his death... Christ gathered a people to himself, he, he gathered a people to himself, brought that people into judgment and then one new life came out of the tomb, one new life. And the name of that new life that came out of the out of the out of the ground, the, the, the corporate name of that thing that came out from among the dead is, The body of Christ, or you could say the church. Christ is the head, Christ is the life, Christ is the source, and yet there's a body, a company that's attached to the head, that's the body of the head, that bears his life and is defined and made alive by him, and that corporate thing is the church. Now again, I'm not trying to describe what you've experienced to be the church. In fact, I'm trying to describe something that's kind of contrary to that, so that we can kind of let some of those ideas go and rather than us trying to define the church, let Christ, who is the life of the church, become the defining of the church in us. But Jesus, when he died, he said in John 12, 31, 32, somewhere in there, he said, when I am lifted up, I will draw uh, all men to myself. And then right after that, John makes the comment, he said this, indicating the kind of death he would die, or something. Very, let me just look it up because it's something very similar to that. He said, "Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself." And then verse 33. But he was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was to die. It wasn't a normal death, that's the, that's the point. It wasn't just any old, it's not like the death of just an individual, it's not even just the death of the Son of God. It, it's, it's, he's indicating the kind of death he was going to die, and the kind of death that he was going to die was the, was the death of, of all who, who, who he would gather unto himself. It was the death of the, the entire Adamic man, the entire Adamic world. It was, it was God's judgment, righteous judgment of all of that and separation of all of that from himself in the cross. So many, many entered into one death, or as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, when one died, all died with him. Uh, many went into one death and all died that one death. It didn't all die a bunch of natural deaths. It wasn't a bunch, it was not even a natural death. You know, God didn't say to Israel, "Everyone at, at twilight, take a knife and kill yourself, so that you can come back in the morning." No, he he provided the lamb. He provided one way for all of them to die, and they all had to go into the. They all killed the lamb at the same time. They all painted the the blood on the on the door. They all had to go into the exact same death. They all had to partake of that exact same death, and, and they all had to eat that that lamb according to their own hunger um and and they and, and 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 part of that story that's so awesome is they they ate that lamb ready to go prepared to leave they ate that lamb with their sandals on their feet with their loins girded they they i mean they, they they ready to go and because eating that lamb was in God's mind synonymous with leaving Egypt so he says, you can't just sit down and eat it. First of all, it's not a very pleasant meal. you got to eat the guts and the hooves and the horns, too, You know, as much as you can. And anything you can't physically eat, burn it so that nothing is left in the morning. It wasn't supposed to be like a nice, tasty Thanksgiving meal. It was disgusting. And roasted over fire with all of its parts included and mixed with bitter herbs. And And, and they had to eat it. And And yet they had to eat it, ready to depart with with and 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 it 's such a strange we don 't think of this very in very much detail, but it 's such a strange picture because they eat the lamb with their their standing with their sandals on and their coats on and their their you know waist girded whatever that exactly meant. And and they eat it with le- with unleavened bread in bowls on their shoulders, so that when, as soon as they're done eating it, Pharaoh says, "Get out! You, get Moses, rise up! Christ, rise up! You take all your people with you and get the heck out of my land! You don't belong here." he he. he, he it's like Egypt vomits them out in the, in the in the middle of the night pharaoh it says a cry rises up and pharaoh says get out of here get out of here and and it's like the it's like the land of death it's like that world of death that that that's what eating the lamb is it's an exodus whether you realize it or not whether faith has seen it or not the moment you eat the lamb you are you are vomited out of a world of death you're you're projected out, Satan has no more. He's, there's no more government of sin and Satan over the man who eats that death. You've been judged, and you come, you come projected out of that land with your sandals on and, and and your coats on, carrying vessels of unleavened bread, and that's how you leave. And not only that, but you 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 pillage that 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 place. You plunder that world, taking out of it. The things that God uses to build His house, you take out of it the gold, the silver, and the and the and the, the, the thread that that God then uses to construct. That's what God he, see. He takes out of the enemy's camp the very thing that He uses to build His His dwelling place. Make me a make me a tabernacle that I may dwell among you. And they use the things that they take out from among Egypt. And that's just a picture of God using your your soul. But anyway, so. The church is, it's this, it, it, he made it in a very specific way. He didn't just say, the church is a bunch of people that believe in Jesus Christ. That's not what he said. Or, the church is a bunch of people that, um, whatever. The church is a bunch of people that, that 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 go to church on Sunday and do certain things and believe certain things and, and act in a certain way. That's not God's definition of the church. That's our blinded understanding of of the church, God's understanding of the church is this resurrected thing that ki- ki- that was vom- that was that was expelled from the realm of death, shot out without leaven, by the way, because leaven as as the nature of sin was left behind, and for seven days they couldn't partake of any leaven, uh, as a picture of the, the the perfection, the leavenlessness of this new creation that. And they had part of the ceremony from that point on was searching not just no leaven in their bread, no leaven in their houses. They had to search their houses with these little, it became like this ritual. They'd go with their little lamps and they'd search it for every little crumb of leaven and get it out of their dwelling places because it was a completely new creation. It was something that had nothing of the old, no trace of the old in it. And and, 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 and so we're, we're approaching a little bit of God's understanding of this corporate body. Um so let me say it a different way. The church is the name of Christ's body in resurrection. Jesus, the Nazarene, was the name of Christ's body in death. The church is the name of Christ's body in resurrection. He went into the ground in one form. He came out of the ground in a different form with a different body, just like anything that we sow into the ground. Now, no one has ever put a seed into the ground and then had the same seed three days later, three weeks later, come out of the ground and called that, I mean, that's never happened. And if it did happen, you wouldn't call it a harvest. You wouldn't be glad about it. You'd be shocked and Calling Guinness. I don't know what you'd be doing, but you wouldn't be thinking it's a harvest because the same form doesn't come out after you plant it. A different, it's the same life. And maybe when it first pops its little head out of the ground, you can't quite tell how different it is because it's, you're just seeing a tiny little bit of the head of it. But if you, if you let that thing increase, you know that it's, not even remotely of the same form. It's, it, again, it's the same life that went in. But it's a greater, uh, it's a greater harvest. And, and these stories, that, that, that harvest is exactly what, again, it's what Jesus says in the same chapter. The hour has come, this is in verse 23, for the Son of Man to be glorified. What does that mean? That means that the hour has come for the seed to turn into something a lot bigger. Same life to to have a greater expression. The hour has come for the. It's not. It's not just because I hear. I say that because I hear people say the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, and they say it's time for God to show His great love for you. And, and and there is love in the cross. In fact, the, the cross is the definition of love, but the glory that Jesus was looking towards at the cross wasn't just the expression in his physical pain of natu- of of God's heart full of love. It was this it was this understanding that I, now is the time to plant the seed. Now is the time that I'm going to take this tiny little thing that nobody recognizes what's in this acorn. I'm going to put it in the ground and people are going to see What's always they've they've despised this little acorn, they've they've looked at it and they've thought that's no different than any other seed. I think I have a seed better than that, and I'm going to put this seed. The hour has come for me to put this seed in the ground, and something something far greater uh, is going to come. It's it's the same exact nature, it's the same DNA, and yet it's going to have a greater body, a much greater form. And so the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified truly truly i say to you unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground falls into the earth and dies it remains alone this is what god said to adam in the beginning it's not good for this seed to remain alone i'm going to make something that's going to bring forth its increase i'm going to make something so that it won't be alone not not because of loneliness but because of increase and but if it dies it bears much fruit and then he talks about how we follow him from the one side to the other. He who loves his life loses it. He who hates his life in this world keeps it unto eternal life. And, and I won't get into all that. But here's, here's what I'm trying to, to make really clear. There's two kinds of bodies that we're looking at here. There's the body that is sown into the ground and dies, and there's the body that is raised. Unless a grain of wheat goes into the ground in one form, it can't come out in another form. And that is so hard for Christians, to it seems to me, that's hard for me, to, to understand. We always talk about Jesus died and then he got his life back. And that's what we think resurrection is. He died uh, because he had to pay the price for sins and then he came back. And we think that the resurrection is Jesus coming back. And yes, he did come back and he did appear in 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 a physical form. But that's not what resurrection is. Resurrection is the new life that is the life of the whole body. It's not just the reappearance of the seed. It's a new body that's far greater than the seed. Not greater in life, not greater in, in, in what it was in substance, but greater in form, a greater body. And Paul gets into this in 1 Corinthians 15. First, I wrote down these two verses here. 1 Corinthians 15:35. But someone will say, how are the dead raised, and with what kind of body did they come? You fool, I like that because that's the question that we're always asking you know will i have you know will I be able to fly and and will my broken ankle be a lot better, and will grandma love me because she never liked me? You know those are the kind of questions that we ask about the resurrection we don't ask whose body it is or what is the greatness of the body. We just think about our own body coming back in a different form. And Paul says, you fool that which you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And that which you sow, you do not sow the body, which is to be, but a bare grain, perhaps of wheat or of something else. And then verse 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body. It is raised an imperishable body. Not talking about bodies here, by the way. It's talking about a body. It never says bodies in this entire chapter. It is sown a perishable body. Uh, 1542. It is raised an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So also, it is written, the first man became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Again, you can see that we have two corporate men in view here. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. Then the spiritual. So he's saying, you, you fool. You don't understand the resurrection it's a totally different life. Oh, no, no, that's not a right way to say it. It's a totally different form of life. It's the same life, but it comes forth in a new form with a new body. There's, it's, a, it's a body of glory. That's probably the best way to say it. It goes into Egypt as just one man, Joseph, the rejected brother. You know, the man who goes to prison for something he didn't do. It goes into Egypt like that. It comes out, this glorious resurrected people with him in the midst. You see? It goes in, uh, Jacob says, I left my father with just my staff in my hand and I've come back to him as two companies. It goes in with one form. It comes out in another form. And we catch the bus, so to speak, in the death of Christ. That's We're joined to him in that death. We're put away in that death. One form. We're part of the form that gets put away. We're actually the thing that he gathers unto himself to put away. The nature of Adam. The man of Adam. So that he can be the life and the newness so that we can walk in newness of life. What's newness of life? Well, Christians say, it's my new life. It's Christ as your life. Christ is the newness of the new creation. He's the newness of the new life. And, and you know, people talk a lot, I, mean, I, think, I think the whole church would do good from uh, looking at what happened when Jesus came back from the dead. He came and because everyone says well jason you're you're calling the church the resurrected body of Jesus christ, but jesus jesus christ had a had a body when he popped out of the grave, and that's true i'm not denying that, of course he had a body, some kind of a body, but the but have you ever noticed that first of all he didn't want anyone to know him after the resurrection in the same way that they knew him before the resurrection they didn't want he, he was the head of this new creation. He was the corporate head of the body, but he wouldn't. He, he specifically didn't let people relate to him after the resurrection in the same way that they related to him before the resurrection because they wanted him to know him and to be joined to him in a new way. Mary right away tries to throw his arm, her arms around him and he says, don't cling to me like that. That's the way you used to cling to me. That's the way you used to know me. But don't cling to me like that because I have not yet ascended to my father. When I ascend to my father, then you're going to know me as the head of this corporate. You're going to be able to cling to me, all right. But it's going to be a spiritual union, a a, a way of knowing me as the spiritual life and head of a corporate people. So he appears to show himself having raised from the dead, to show himself having come back, the sacrifice being being accepted of God, the blood being shed, the old man put away. He appears in, in, a, in a form, and yet it's not even a form. Here's another thing that you should notice about when Christ rose from the dead. Nobody could recognize him with natural eyes. Nobody could. And that's not because he wore a disguise. It's because he was... The first fruits of a different form that that can't even be recognized or known according to the flesh. Mary, who, who was, you know, who, who maybe knew him in, in the flesh as good as anyone did, and Mary Magdalene, you know, he cast seven demons out of her apparently, and and then you know they, they, she went he went to her house many times, and and uh, rose raised up her brother from the dead, and whatever she she couldn't recognize him, thought it was a gardener. Peter and John on the boat, they they see him on the shore and they they don't know who he is until they pull in 153 fish or 152 or whatever. Uh, The guys that are disciples on the road to Emmaus walk an entire day with him and don't recognize him until uh, he he breaks uh, the bread. In other words, they see him in the cross. They see what he has done and then they recognize him and as soon as they recognize him, In a different way. As soon as they see him with different eyes. He vanishes from these eyes. He doesn't want them to know him that way. And it's the same thing with Thomas and whatever. And even Paul says later he appeared to 500. But some doubted. Why did they doubt? Because it wasn't a matter of recognizing the old form. It was a matter of beholding the new form. And Jesus for 40 days he he popped in and popped out. He proved himself alive and disappeared because, because he, was, he was helping them to make this transition between knowing him in the flesh and knowing him in the spirit, between knowing him in the first form and then knowing him as the head of the second form. And he was doing that for 40 days. And, 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 and as they tried to keep seeing him up in the sky, the angels rebuked them for doing that. Because he, he was just about to come and, and fill up his, his body, the church. So, um, I'm running out of time here. What I'm trying to say is that he was, Christ the Nazarene was the word of God. The only word, the only son of God, the only begotten son of God. I'm not trying to in any way suggest that we are equal to Christ at all. But we are given the only one, the only begotten son of, of God as our life. And that's, that's exactly what the church is. It is the corporate body, the new body of the resurrected Jesus Christ. And you can't look at what we call the church and try to define him You have to look at him and see him to understand what the church is. You have to look at it totally. You can't recognize it with natural eyes. Mary couldn't even recognize it with natural eyes. And she walked with him for years. John and Peter couldn't recognize it. The disciples on the road to Emmaus, they couldn't recognize the new form. The new form is revealed. Just like everything spiritual needs to be shown to spiritual eyes and spiritual light, the church also is the same way. It's a new body of the same man. Okay? I don't know if I have time to get into Ephesians chapter 2. Um, well, let me just read it, and we'll pick up there. I'll just read it a couple of verses and we'll stop. And we'll pick up there next time. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Ephesians chapter two. Where is Ephesians? This way. Because Paul's just describing everything we just said. Paul says here in Ephesians chapter two. um, To to give you, I mean, you kind of read the whole the whole thing, but I'm going to start in verse eleven. Um, says therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, he's he's saying all this stuff. Saying look, these these, these distinctions don't exist anymore. The, the things that were called Gentiles were, you know, the so-called uncircumcision, which which it was called that by the so-called circumcision, which was a natural circumcision in the flesh made by human. You know, he's saying like these these natural distinctions don't exist anymore. Remember that you were, at that time, separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. How? For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one, And broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross, by it having put to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to those who were far away, and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access, have our access in one spirit to the Father. And so, what is he saying here? Uh, he's saying us uh, saying so much. Well, you know, I'm just going to keep reading because it. Well, let, 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 let's just skip down real quick to verse 21. In whom the whole building, being fitted together, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. In whom you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. There's a great definition of the church right there. What does he do? He takes Jew, he takes Gentile, He puts them both away. How does he do it? He does it in the body of Jesus Christ. He puts when I am lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. He takes the Jew, he takes the Gentile, puts it into Christ, and kills them both. Leaves them in the grave raises up one new life that's neither Jew nor Gentile but Christ all and in all and this one new life is the life of of one new man and this one new man is neither Jew nor Gentile nor slave nor free nor male nor female it's a spiritual it's a dwelling place of God in the spirit it's the resurrected body of Jesus Christ and the name for that, from God's perspective, the name for that dwelling place of God in the Spirit, for that one new man, for that thing that is Christ all in and all, the, it's it's called the church. It's called the church. That's what the church is. That's not what we have experienced as the church because we're, we look at it from the wrong eyes, from the wrong man and, and with a total... Usually uh, very full of misunderstandings and false expressions, but from the Lord's perspective, that is what He created at the cross. So I'll stop.